0: Was your last launch a big flop? If you have a small audience, chances are your launches are not the big online party bustling with energy and activity that you see other people enjoy with their big launches. And it might leave you a little bit wah, wah, disappointed. And when you get disappointed, you stop showing up in the way that your audience needs to, but that needs to end. That needs to end like, today. So I'm about to share with you the three biggest mistakes you're probably making with your small audience launches so that you can start to see results for all your efforts. Because let's face it, putting together a launch is no picnic. Hi, I'm your host, Ina Coveney. Every Monday, I bring you an interview with a successful online coach where we uncover their true startup story and we wrap it up with a companion episode on Thursdays. This one right here, where I teach you three things that our guest is doing very right in their business and you should start doing right now. At this moment, we are in the off season. This means that I'm hard at work recording all those interviews from the top coaches you want to hear from. So until the next season kicks off, it will be just you and me every Thursday to keep your business moving. And today, our focus will be on three mistakes that small audience coaches tend to do with their launches and how to fix them. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while wondering what's an off season anyway, and when will the next season begin? I love your excitement. The answer is May of 2022. You'll want to keep your ears perked for more amazing interviews in May of 2022. And now that I answered your burning question, please head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. To help others I'm your host Ina Coveney six-figure entrepreneur and business coach listen for lessons and strategies that will turn you into the next global phenomenon today's episode begins now I am really excited about today's topic because it's all about launches, which is something that I love. It's something I have loved since the beginning of time, since I started in this coaching world, since I started learning about online marketing. Launches have had a very, very special place in my heart. Um, And today I want to share with you Three huge mistakes that I was making when I was launching before with a small audience, and now don't appear to be so much of a problem for me anymore. I just finished a launch. I still have a small audience. I still do not have a thousand people on my mailing list. I just hit a thousand people on my Instagram account just recently, and I like that's it. I don't have a big audience. I don't have thousands and thousands of people hanging on to my every word, but I was able to do a launch and welcome nine amazing people into my Get Clients First program. So if I'm able to do it, then I wanted to come here and kind of impart the things that I have learned over the years, because I've been doing launches for a very long time. And the things that I was doing before are things that you're probably doing right now. And it's time to stop them. Okay? So that's what I'm going to focus on today. First, let's define what is a launch. What what do I mean when I say a launch? Do we all have the same understanding on what that is? A launch is you have a product or a service that you want to promote. It could be a group program. It could be a course. It could be a one-on-one. But you want to draw attention to that product or service so that you can sell a lot of it in a short span of time. Um, this is what a launch would be good for is if you said, I have a goal to get five new one-on-one clients by the end of the month. What you would do is bring attention to the offer in a way that people don't have to pay money to know more about it. And that you can do that through a free webinar. You can do that through a free challenge. Just anything that brings attention to the fact that you are an authority, that you know what you're talking about, and that you have a solution to a particular problem. So in a launch, you would have a promotion time, right? When you're promoting this masterclass and that's all you're doing. You're not talking about your offer. You're not talking about your program. You're not talking about your services. All you're doing is promoting this one particular event. Let's say that it was a masterclass. So for me, my masterclass was um, get clients with a tiny audience. Very straightforward. That's what I teach. So that's that's what the masterclass was for. So for about a couple of weeks before the actual masterclass happened, I was out there and all I was preaching is you got to come to this masterclass. So that's like the, the promotion period. Then comes the event, which is actually providing the value, actually giving the masterclass. And then after that, there is a post-launch sequence where you give people a deadline to sign up for your actual program, for the, for the one-on-one or for the service or for the course, whatever it is that you're selling, uh, you could spend a week just talking about that and letting people know that you're about to close the cart. Okay. So for every launch, there is a cart open and a cart close event. People can't just on a rolling basis enroll into your program when you do a launch. Okay, it opens, it closes, and then it's done. And then you wait until the next launch to welcome more people in. That's what a launch is. So when we see other people promoting their launches, we, start, we, we, can, we, we feel like we need to start studying what it is that they do and mimic what they do, which is what I was doing right? When I first started, I really adopted a student mindset. I would see what everybody else was doing and I wanted to replicate it. So, and you've probably been doing the same thing. So, you know that you need to have a whole ton of emails set up, a whole ton of uh, social media posts set up. Maybe you've even delved into Facebook ads because you see that's how people get new people in, right? So, there's all these things that you feel like you need to be doing and then in the end, you end up with not that many people signed up, maybe not even any at all. Um, and this is why I'm here talking to you, tiny audience entrepreneurs, about this. Because chances are, the way that you have been running your launches have not been optimized for a small audience. So I wanted to come here and share with you these three mistakes that you're probably making when you're launching with a small audience that be, that you see big people doing those things. And you're probably going to tell me, Ina, if it's good enough for Amy Porterfield, then it's good enough for me. And I'm here to tell you, no, it's not <laughs> because you have a small audience. You do not have the hundreds of thousands of followers uh, and loyal fans that Amy Porterfield has. So your job in the launching period is going to be different. Your launch is going to be different. So why don't we get started with these three big mistakes that I was making and I don't want you to keep making? Okay? Let's start with number one. The mistake is to rely on people to show up. And it seems so oh it seems so silly for me to even to even say like I'm laughing here because. I mean, if we're setting up a masterclass and we're putting all of that work into it, we want people to show up, right? Here's the deal. Even the big accounts, even the big launches, you guys, I've I've been witness to launches where someone got 7,000 people to sign up for their free launch. 7,000 people signed up for their free challenge. I've seen this happen and I go crazy. I'm like... 7,000 people, right? But even they got 7,000 people in, but they did not make 7,000 people worth of sales. 7,000 people did not actually show up to the challenge. So we're all working off of percentages here. It's the same effect as if when I go to a Facebook group, And I see that there's so many people that are engaged. And I see that this Facebook group is really bustling with activity. And so many people are posting every day. And I really wish my Facebook group was that active. And it's almost like we're shaming our Facebook group members for not being that active. Why are they not being as active as this other group? My friend, it's all a matter of percentages. How many people are in that group that you so adore? Probably... 100,000 people are in that group. Maybe 5,000 people are in that group. How many people are in your group? 200, 300? It's not going to be the same. Not because you don't have people who don't want to participate, but because you just don't have the volume of people that it would take to have a certain percentage be really active. It's the same thing when it comes to a launch. When you have 25 people sign up for your webinar, and you're expecting 25 people to show up, you're going to set yourself up for this appointment. And I would, I am venturing out to say that this is not even a small audience problem. This is a problem that affects everybody. That person who got 7,000 signups, she probably got 2,000 to actually follow the challenge. So in my case, I'll give you a real number. I had 60 people sign up for my webinar this time around. 60 unique people sign up for my webinar. I had 24 people actually attend. I'm not counting how many replays, replay views, because there's no way for me to know who watched the replay unless I asked them. So 24 people actually attended. That is about a 40% attendance rate, which is amazing, by the way. This is amazing to expect 40, 40% that forty of the people to show up. I had an amazing show up rate. In your case, it might be 30%. I always tell people for anything free, expect a 20% show up rate. This is what used to happen if I had a local info session about my services, like right here in my town where I live outside of Boston, Massachusetts. I would have like, 50 people sign up and then just 20% show up. And that hurt me so much in the beginning. I'm like, no, that's what I should expect. So this is your first mistake because it affects your mindset when you disappoint yourself in that way. So just remember, it's all a matter of percentages. What percentage people signed up versus showed up in your last launch and what percentage was it this time around. And now you're starting to develop your pattern. Now you know how much percentage of people you should expect to actually be there. And now that you have that number, maybe you can extrapolate next time and say, if I want this many people to sign up, for my program, that means that I need these many people to attend my masterclass, which means that I need these many people to sign up for the masterclass, which means that I need these many people to be leads that I can invite into the masterclass. You see how that works? So knowing your numbers is going to really help you mitigate this one. Okay? So the mistake was to think that people will show up. <laughs> and the solution is know your numbers. Don't give up after the first launch. Do another launch and calculate your percentage. And now you know how many people you should be going for engaging with or participating, uh, you know, in conversation leading up to the launch. So that those percentages start to make sense, and you start to make the sales that you need to. Let's go to with mistake number two. And I did this so much. I did this so much that I was talking to a coach about it, and I would I would confess it. And it's just. Yeah, all mindset, but here's mistake number two. Fizzling after the launch is over. So what do I mean by this? After my masterclass was done, I just didn't feel like I had enough steam in me to send out emails after. I didn't feel like, you know what? You guys didn't even show up to my class. So why am I spending all of this time and effort to try to get you guys to buy something from me if you wouldn't even sign up for something I was giving away for free? That was my mentality. So after my masterclass was over, I would send out an email saying, thank you so much. Here's the replay. And by the way, the doors are open to my program. And then I would never do anything else. Like that was it. I was drained of energy. I was really disappointed because of mistake number one really disappointed my show up rate wasn't there, really disappointed that the people who showed up didn't want to buy from me at the webinar. So what are the chances they're going to want to buy later? Did you know that most people leave things for the last minute? Did you know? And, and by the way, I'm guilty of this. I'm sure you are too. I have seen, I, and this is this is a true true story that I'm about to tell you right now. One of the amazing coaches that I interviewed for this podcast, her name is Lisa Johnson and she's in the UK and she has a new membership, which I was considering joining. Uh, What I love about her membership is that she really wants everybody to collaborate with each other and to even get clients from each other, get clients inside the membership. And I wanted to check it out, but I was not going to jump into another investment because of my story with investing, my story with over-investing and under-earning. I've become very, very careful about what is it that I invest in next. So I saw the post, I was a part of her launch, um, and I saw the post, I saw that it was closing, I saw that it was closing, I thought it was closing, and I didn't sign up. Three days after the cart closed, I went back to the sales page. I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's still open. I I feel like I would have signed up. And it said, sorry, if you want to join the waitlist, you can. So I'm like, okay, I'll join the waitlist. First email that I get, sorry to be like be revealing her her secrets. But after I signed up for the waitlist, I immediately got an email saying, hey, we just closed the cart. But if you really want in, we'll let you in. Just come here and sign up. And I'm like, oh, and I felt relieved. I'm like, oh, whew. I didn't miss it, and I signed up. This is me. I I know about launching. I know the cart's closed. I know that after you close the cart, you should never open it again, right? Not never, until the next launch. I know you should not open it for anybody under any circumstances, and here I felt lucky that it there was another door for me to go in, and I bought it at the very last minute. It didn't mean that I didn't want to join, the fact that I didn't join on time. If Lisa was thinking to herself, oh, man, nobody wants to sign up. So maybe I just shouldn't offer this. Maybe I should just go away quietly. She would have missed out on sales like me, right? She's assuming that she's done everything she can to get people to get everybody to sign up and she closed the cart. She had no idea that I was still lingering out there. So this is what's happening with your audience, with you and your audience. You are projecting onto them your feelings of inadequacy. You are projecting onto them the feeling that, oh, maybe this wasn't worth it. Maybe this wasn't a great offer. Maybe people don't want this. You're projecting. Nobody has told you that. You're projecting that all on your own. So this was one of the biggest mistakes that I used to make, was to put all of those assumptions on my audience and think, well, if they didn't sign up at the masterclass, they don't want this. If they, didn't, if they didn't check the replay, then maybe they don't want this. If they didn't do this, maybe they don't want this. That was just me hammering that, that limiting belief in my own brain. So how do we cure ourselves of this one? You schedule your emails and you do your follow-ups. You do not give up until that card closes. I'm telling you right now, your clients are out there. You're just not giving them enough of a chance. Let's go to mistake number three. Mistake number three is that you're not engaging with the people who were there. For some reason, we think that only people that you've never talked to before are the ones who count. And uh, let me illustrate that. Like I've had clients who tell me, hey, I just had five new signups for my masterclass. I'm like, that's amazing, that's great. And then they say, but three of them are friends and family. The reason they say it that way, but three of them are my friends and family, is because for some reason she believes or he believes or they believe that those people don't count. That they shouldn't count. If it's friends and family, it doesn't count. It only counts if they're strangers. Why? Why do we do that? Why do we say that? I've had clients who are family members. I've hired family members. Why do we think that they don't count? Is it because we know for sure that they're just trying to support us? In that case, don't tell them to sign up. <laughs> like, tell, tell your people, tell your family and friends, you guys, if this is not your thing, please don't sign up just to support me, <laughs> right? Like, we don't, we don't need that kind of vibe. We don't need that kind of attendance, right? But if they signed up because they found the topic interesting, why wouldn't they count? So when you look back at everybody who signed up for your masterclass, everybody who was a part of your launch, everybody who was commenting and engaging with you, are you following up after? Are you sending them a message saying, thank you so much for coming? What did you take away from it? What did you think about the offer? What did you think about the program? Is it something that interests you? Are you doing that? Are you doing those follow-ups? I can promise you that if you're not, it's because you're relying on the launch process of bigger accounts. Amy Porterfield does not get on her DMs to talk to every 3,000, 4,000, 9,000 people who signed up her masterclass to ask them, what did you think? She cannot do that. There is no way for her to spend her time doing that. But you can. You have that ability. You have that space. You can have conversations with every single person who signed up for your masterclass. Why are you not doing that? Is it because Amy Porterfield is not doing it? She can't. She can, there's there's no way that she's going to talk to a million people after her launch, but you can. And that is how one gets clients is by talking to people. It's not by ignoring them after a launch, it's by talking to them. So chances are, if your launches have not been working, it's because you're doing one of these three mistakes. Number one, you're getting disappointed when people don't show up, which affects your mindset, which affects how you show up. Number two. You fizzle after the launch is over. If they didn't sign up while they were in the masterclass, if they didn't even show up to the masterclass, they probably don't want this, right? You could be wrong. And mistake number three, you're not actually talking to the people who were there. You're getting shy. You are hiding behind emails and processes. And you're not giving them the opportunity to ask you the questions that they have. Because especially if you're starting in your business, your pitch is probably not perfect yet. You probably have a lot of things that were left hanging that people were a little confused about, but you will never know because you never talk to them about it. So these are the three mistakes that you're going to stop doing right now. And you're going to start to see your launches thrive. Thank you so much for listening. You know that part in this episode that made you go, oh my God, I need to write that down. I want to know what that was. So go over to Instagram and find me at yourengagementcoach and send me a DM. I want to hear it. And if your business bestie is missing out on all of these juicy strategies, make sure to take a screenshot of the episode and share it to your stories. Remember to tag me so that I can thank you personally for all your support.